think that I'm a zero, and everyone you wanna be probably started off like me. You may say that I'm a freak show, but give it just a little time, I bet you're gonna change your mind. All of the dirt you've been throwing my way. So hard to take, 'cause I know one day you'll be screaming my name, and I'll just look away. Yeah, I'll just look away. Just go ahead and hate on me, run your mouth so everyone can hear. Hit me with the worst you got, knock me down, baby. I don't care. Keep it up, and soon enough you figure out you wanna be, you wanna be a loser like me. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. I am Josh. I'm Ed, and yeah. <laughs> where's Jen? Where's Jen's Jen? Jen's not here right now. Jen, um, Jen's best friend is visiting from. Uh, New England, Massachusetts, and uh, they are at a painting class, and her best friend doesn't come to visit, or isn't able to come to visit very often, and so, uh, you know, I I wanted her to enjoy herself and them to enjoy themselves, so we are flying solo on the podcast to discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled New Directions. Um, I'm kind of surprised it took us this long to get to an episode called New Directions. It, it feels like there's already been one with that name, but I could be wrong. There, there could. I feel like there could have been one, but I mean, even if it, even if there, even if it's repeated, it makes sense. Um, and while you were wrong with the fact that the Glee Club would survive, and Ed was, <laughs> and Ed was right in some way, not yeah. To, not to shoehorn that in. But <laughs> not to get that it, out of the way right off the top. <laughs> not to do that. But it was if if I I felt it felt unnecessary with how poorly like Ohio ended. Like like what was, <laughs> like, make, like couldn't it just gone off camera? It didn't have to do this, did it? Um yeah, we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into all that type of stuff because it is uh, in some ways, uh, you know, well, we can just start with our temperature of the episode, as we always do. Um, for me, in some ways, this was a really great episode, and in some ways, it wasn't. Watching it well, the yeah, first I time, agree. I really I really came away from it the first time being like, this is a really solid episode. I enjoyed a lot of that. And then watching it the second time, there's lots of kind of unnecessary pieces. It doesn't all hang together. Uh, some of the songs are kind of shoehorned in. Uh, so in ways, it was really enjoyable, and in other ways, it was kind of annoying. And then there were elements of it, like we'll, we'll get to with like Tina or the 2.0s, where I... You, I don't know. It was kind of like it was a goodbye. It was the characters like saying goodbye to each other, and I'm like, yeah, but you're also saying goodbye to the show. <laughs> and so there was, it was odd. I don't know. There were ways in which it was sweet and bittersweet, and it just, uh, it was a good episode that for me didn't hang together on a larger scale. Uh, Ed, what did you think about the episode? I thought the episode had all the makings of an A minus episode. But due to slightly flawed execution and improper buildup and 
odd timing in perspective to the whole season arc. I'm I'm left with a B minus episode. I but, think that's a that's another good point. If this was the season finale, I think it would be beautiful. Like it, it would feel right. But because it's not the season finale, and I think we're like a third or halfway through the season, um, it did feel a little unceremonial, a little little like it needed more weight. It wanted to have more weight than it did. Well, and additionally, additionally, the Santana, I felt like. Like when, like midway through the episode, during the, it was like maybe thirty minutes into the episode, Santana and Rachel like they came around and they did that. They're like, well, we we resolved our problems together, and it was like, well, that was that was a great episode. Okay, that was really short. Oh wait, there's it's still going, and there's yeah. still more. There's still more to this episode. It felt really <laughs> long, and part of it is so much happened that wasn't wildly connected. Like there was really no arc to it. It wasn't kind of events leading into each other. Like they they shut down. You know, it opens up with kind of personal dramas. Then they go into shutting down new directions. Actually, it opens up with, "Hey, uh, we want to be able to perform in other classrooms." Holly Holiday and Amber Rhodes asking to sing for other clubs, which was strange. They did that one time. <laughs> And then that kind of like has this awkward jerky segue into saying goodbye to the Glee Club, which then has a totally abrupt non-segue into graduation and then an awkward jerky segue into this is going to be the last time we ever see Will Schuster. Uh, It was, yeah, there was a lot just kind of shoehorned in to get everything out of the way. Let's get this over with. Uh, It makes me so, okay. The, The saddest thing about this episode for me was I was like, no way. They are going to keep Tina Cohen Chang. They are going to do it. They are actually going to do gonna it. They're going to find a way to keep odds. Tina. Against all odds, they are going to just be like, we are keeping her. And then they're like, nah. Nah, brah. That ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's start off with Tina because that's a good place to start in the episode. We open with Tina, not sure where she's going to go to school, and she's kind of freaking out. She even applies to a, a Jewish university in New York because at least she can be in New York, and she's on the waiting no, list to Brown. No, but before that, she got rejected to her backup Ohio State. Which, that's right. Which uh, is unusual. People shouldn't. Yeah, Probably that's right. It's a backup. There. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So she gets she gets rejected from all of her schools. She tries to get into a Jewish school, does not get in. She's freaking out a little bit. Uh, that's where we get the performance of Loser Like Me, where the rest of the kids going to New York, Sam Blaine, Blaine, who announced he got into Niata with very little fanfare. Uh, Which, but I'm gl- I'm glad there was little fanfare because there was no re- there was no suspense. Yeah, everyone no, none knew. whatsoever. We everyone knew. This, like. When did we when did we officially say this? Like a year and a half ago at the er, er, latest, <laughs> like at the latest. But uh, but yes, yeah, so she ends up uh, the or the the Glee cast that's already going to New York. So uh, Sam, Blaine, Kurt, and Artie, uh, they got together and performed this acoustic version of Loser Like Me. Um, and I want to ask you what you thought of. I know you like Loser Like Me, particularly the original version. Of all the originals, it is my favorite. Um, not Get Right? Oh, not... Yeah, no, I would I would take Loser Like Me over Get It Right. I do think Loser Like Me is a better song. Uh, but I liked this. This was much more of what I wanted the covers in the last episode to be. To be kind of unsung hero songs of the show. Like the shows you don't remember that are better than you remember. Done in a new and exciting way. For me, this really... um. I really like the Loser Like Me cover. Ed, what'd you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. It was fantastic. This, as we discussed yesterday, is like, I mean, yesterday, last last week, 
the the reason the cover the like the redo retreads didn't work for for us mainly is because they were just retreads. They weren't yeah. like trying to do something. They weren't new. adding anything to them to the point of like a song like Valerie, which was pretty much the exact same performance in a different room. I, ultimately, that's what they need to do with all of them. They need to, I don't know, they need to mix it up or the, they, they pick, needed to pick songs that didn't quite hit so they could hit it this time. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, one, like one or the other needed to happen and they only did it with only a couple. Uh, but, it, it, I mean, in the end, I thought it, it transferred all right. I mean, it was a cool version of the song to do. Uh, and then at the end of that, Tina decided, okay, I will go to New York. I don't have a plan and I will go to New York. And that was interesting because like I had the same reaction that you had. I had the exact same reaction. Holy crap. They're going to find a way to keep Jenna Ushkots around. And I was really excited because as, it- as was I, I was like, she's like, she's like the spoiler. <laughs> but I mean that in a good way. I don't. That doesn't sound like a good thing. But I'm like, like it's like we kind of could already see how next season's gonna or the rest of the season's gonna go with. Yeah, them. and that but th- Tina, that was kind of like you guys don't know nothing. We're doing new stuff, man. And they're like, nah, nah, no, <laughs> no, we faked you out. Uh, yeah, I was disappointed. I mean, would you have wanted to see Tina in New York? Do you think she would have been useful in New York, or would she just I would, have continued? I would have liked her wheel? just for the simple fact that it would have been like. The Santana and Rachel dynamic, I feel like it needs that third female and yeah. we're not getting Quinn. So I feel like Tina was like, well, yes, please come. Like wow. I've been kind of, I've been like mad at her, but it's only because the writers hadn't know what to do with her. So maybe they'll, they would have figured it out. Especially because if she was lost. That's a really she, good point though. When you think of the original cast of Glee, it was pretty even boys and girls. And now the New York cast is going to consist of two girls and what, four or five guys on and off. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really kind of, I guess, Rachel and Santana are the only female characters that have survived the test of time. That's that's kind of disturbing, quite frankly. I mean, but, but I, they, I don't know if they, well, they didn't apply. They pretty much said it. It seems as though Brittany is going to be the third female. Oh, you're right, because now Brittany's going to New York. That's true. Yeah, but but even but she's still, not really I still a wanted Tina. I still want. Well, she wasn't. She wasn't a main star this year. But I mean, if Glee is in season six, she could become a main star. Like that isn't unforeseeable. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. So yes, and uh, Tina also cued the Friends uh, parody, which was kind of out of context for Glee. Glee doesn't do a lot of direct parodies, like Family But it was awesome, regardless. Yeah, called I, Chums. She was the only one I that got a credit. Did you catch that? Yeah, I know, I know. And then it was created by Tina Cohen-Chain. Like, she was, like, one of the three people. And she was, I was like, why, like, why, like, they said Tina Cohen-Chain, like, where's, where's Rachel Berry? Yeah. And Tina Love, it was just her. It's just her. Well, the, at the very bottom, one of the credits was also starring, well, starring Rachel Berry and Santana Lopez. Lopez. And Rachel Berry, yeah. Uh, yeah and but, then, but well, the, the three names at the end when they showed created by, it was Marta Kaufman and the other guy, uh, I don't remember his name, and Tina Cohen Chang. So the actual two creators of Friends and then Tina Cohen Chang at the b- bottom, Marta Kaufman, that's probably the only credit she's had since Friends. And then the guy has gone on to do episodes in a show called The Class. Um, I used to see him around the Warner lot all the time, but yeah, it, it's, that was funny. I, it's also kind of funny that, uh, Rachel wore the Rachel, 
I don't know if, if our listeners are old enough to remember the Rachel, but when Friends first started, uh, the the Jennifer Anderson character, Rachel, had a very specific haircut. It was kind of this like half bob, half long. Um, when she wore it, it was this kind of streaked bleach blonde, like a dishwater blonde. Uh, I know my wife had some years with the Rachel. Uh, everybody I went to high school with had the Rachel. So that was a pretty a pretty funny inside callback it's a little disappointing that jennifer's not here because jennifer loves friends and would have a lot to say about that and that is the actual uh that is the actual fountain that is from the friends i'm I'm, I'm a little confused well not a little confused i'm surprised that friends stood the test of time so well like i liked it i watched it i laughed but then i (laughs) I didn't feel like it was a very sophisticated comedy so it was it's always surprised to me like how many people are like, oh, I love Friends. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't say I don't <laughs> like it. I do like it, but I'm like, like if I'm listing like 10 awesome shows, Friends isn't really probably included. <laughs> Listener Aislinn in the chat room says uh, she remembers the Rachel. Um, you know, I, I, I would actually disagree with you, Ed. I would put Friends in the top 10 of great television shows ever. Uh, I would put it up there next to Friends. Ironically, they ran almost identically the same time. Uh, it's It really is a perfect well, show. I think you meant to say another show. You, you meant to say another show. Because you said you put, oh, you put Friends. Oh, Seinfeld. Up. I'm sorry. Seinfeld was the other one I didn't say. The Seinfeld. I didn't quite get Seinfeld. Oh my god, you're so you're you're broken. How could you but not get you know Seinfeld? What show, you know what show's awesome? Like no joke, Veep. We're is... not even you've already brought that up. We're moving on. We are, it's awesome. We're moving on to a new topic. Um okay. the, but so the funny thing about the Tina epi- or the Tina storyline was at the very end of it, they're all graduating. Totally random graduation scene that came out of total left field. They're all graduating, and Tina says, hey, I wasn't going to tell you guys, but I'm telling you now, I got into Brown. So first of all, not only is she interrupting graduation to give them this news while they're on stage with all these other people, and then they're all so happy about it, and all I can think is, she's not going to be on the show again. What are you so happy about? Well, well, because it's what she wanted somewhat. Like, her character wanted to go to Brown. It was so funny. It was just like the, like, we also had a 2.0 scene that did the same thing, right? At the end of the episode, the 2.0s had their first scene in like three episodes. All of them were together. Uh, and they all kind of were talking about, you know, saying goodbye to the Glee Club when in actuality, they're kind of saying goodbye to the show. And it's the last time we're going to see any of those 2.0s again. Um, uh, I, I, I hold out. that there You hold out they'll come to New York in some... I will not know. Regard. I imagine that... Maybe we might see a couple. A couple may appear like as guest stars for one episode, but still. I mean, that'd be great. I'm just saying, yeah, in that particular scene, like they seemed appropriately saddened by what they were doing, whereas Tina well, seemed sad, really happy. Real life was sad that they were getting fired. Yeah. Real life, they're like, oh, like, yeah, we'll still be at this high school and we'll still see each other. But <laughs> no, not really. So, uh, so I would argue that, t- so in my opinion, tonight was the swan song of the 2.0s. We will never see the 2.0s again, in my opinion. And you're right. If we do, I, c- I would love to see Kitty come to New York for an episode. I feel like I'd uh, love if to I'm see Ryder Marley. 
It, it's unique and it's Kitty who are the two we might see. I would love to see New York come to New. Or I'm sorry. I, wow, my mind is all over the place. I would love to see Unique come to New York for an episode. That would be great. That said, I think that we can finally put a bullet in the 2.0s and say it was a failed experiment. Is is the way what I'm going to call it? It was a failed experiment, and it failed for a very specific reason. They were too pretty, and they weren't actually misfits they weren't outcasts enough for them to enjoy them and that's going to be my final words on the 2.0 so ed your final words as the man who stuck by the 2.0s longer than anyone else your final words on the 2.0s um but uh, like poorly executed potential like is is that like maybe maybe they should have went out about it a different way. Maybe they could have talked about how their whole life they've been treated differently because they're beautiful. And that is that is this is plague them. They're like like just because we look like we belong in the CW doesn't mean we can't be on Fox. They could have that they could have said that. That would be amazing. Uh what, okay. Can I get the over under on a CW spin-off? Featuring the 2.0s? Uh, okay, the over is 100% and the under is 0%. Oh, darn. It would be funny, though. <laughs> Never going to funny. I don't know how to bet. I don't know how betting works, so I honestly but, don't know what that meant. But, like, I just said. Um, it said something, not uh, the OC. The There was two characters from there who I forget their... I don't, uh, one's name was Zach and the other name was Oliver. And... People like them, but then they eventually had no purpose on the OC, and then they had a sh- they had their own show on the CW called Hidden Palms, and it was kind of good, where really? they, they were essentially the Benjamin McKenzie and uh, Adam Brody of that <laughs> of the of the new show. I was like, oh, that's that's, I watched it. <laughs> Listener so, Greg I mean, in the chat room said the two the 2.0s had to clean up the room. That seemed they harsh. Did. They did. <laughs> they were just left behind to clean up the rooms. And you know, like and listener Greg Greg goes on to say, I feel bad for the actors that got caught in the middle of fan backlash and the writers trying to do something with them, which I also think is true. They they kind of were set up to fail being all introduced at the same time and really separate from the main cast. So like if the 2.0s came in as like significant others of the existing characters or you know, with a real purpose, like one of the reasons we like so unique so much is unique had a real purpose in the glee club and her introduction wasn't just walking in her introduction was as part of another glee club and then made the transfer you know because she was bullied and so on and so forth um you know, it was kind of like Jake and, and Marley and Ryder, they just randomly appeared one day and we were told and we kind of had to love them or not. Uh, they were kind of done a disservice in that way. And the writers well, yeah, never now, really now, I, now I'm OK. I forgot about that. I'm actually really depressed for Unique because Unique was the star of her <laughs> of her Glee Club, and yeah. now our current Glee Club does no longer exist. That's that's a really good point. Oh, well, maybe Unique will go back to uh, Vocal Please. Adrenaline to join hope, Will Schuster. I hope off screen they just like they're like, oh, I heard Unique won uh, Nationals again. That is it. There you go. Could happen. 
Uh, That's all I want to hear. Let's take a listen to a song. Uh, This is actually one of my favorite songs. I'm totally going to play it. This is Party All the Time. Uh, Originally recorded by Eddie Murphy, written and produced by Rick James. Uh, On this show, performed by Gwyneth Paltrow here. I want to see Gwyneth Paltrow and Sue Sylvester's Amazing Raceness. Right? That'd be amazing. So much. So much. kind of what i mean in that although the show had really interesting elements a lot of them didn't quite fit together such as when we started off the episode with amber Rhodes and holly holiday going to sue sylvester and asking for the permission to for one week do music in other clubs and that really only resulted in this one song performed for the animal husbandry club which apparently only consisted of members of the glee club and the band there's no one else in the animal husbandry club uh and then the number ended up in like a weird field trip like in a nightclub where there was a foam party um it it was just kind of weird that said it I, i really liked the number uh it just didn't seem to have to do it didn't have anything to do with anything uh ed thoughts on party all the time um, besides not ever knowing the song until it's Glee performance. Oh, it's such a good music video. <laughs> um, um, it was it was okay. It was fun. It was just it was like oh, we need to do something like somewhat mischievous with April Rhodes and and Holly Holiday was pretty much the motivation for this. And they're like, we need to put them in a song. So <laughs> then they picked a song that was fun and they did the song that was fun. And it couldn't work because if it worked, it would have save things so they like need to make it like risque with the foam party <laughs> and true. then that was that was it yeah i mean it, it was I, I guess that's right if it was too good people would have said oh are you do you have a glee club i want to join that uh that would actually have been really funny uh you know it kind of closed out oh we also found out that apparently sue sylvester and holly holiday are great friends which i thought was a fun twist fact. to the episode fun fact that was a fun fact now i've never watched the amazing race ed but I, do, I would watch it if they were on it. Uh, are you an amazing race? Is that part of your pantheon of, of reality um, shows? It, it, it is like, it's like the lesser pantheon. Like, whereas I watch everything of Big Brother. Um, American Idol has kind of fallen out. Oh, yeah. But I still vote. I still vote. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I still, I, I, I pay attention enough to know what's going on. It's like the only show that I, I don't know. Amazing Race, I do catch it. I am watching the season because Brentil's on it and, and I love Brenchel because I'm I wanted them to win, and when they won season thirteen, when Rachel won season thirteen, the Big Brother, I was like, I don't know. No. So yeah, 
Even though people don't like Brenchel, I love Brenchel, and therefore <laughs> I will watch their season of Amazing Race. Oh, is this all. is someone from Big Brother that's going to be on Amazing Race. Well, they, this is a this, this is All Star Amazing Race that's going on right now. All Star and, Amazing. And so race. they were on their previous season. They got third place, and they, of course they were like All Star in quotes because a lot of people tuned in because they were because they were Big Brother people. It's like it's like a great it's a good it's a good crossover method because like Amazing Race could kind of get boring sometimes. Like as exciting as it is, like <laughs> eh, if you don't care about the characters, then that that's kind of it, that. As much as you like cultures, the driving force needs to be you supporting the characters. I love that you keep saying characters and it's a reality show and you're well, not I mean, they incorrect. Are, they are characters. Yeah, you're not show. incorrect. It's just funny that it's true, that it is a fact. Um, so yes, Holly Holiday. I did like at the end when Holly uh, kind of put together that video for Will. And uh, I think it would be a good time. Like, we can talk a little about Will in this episode too. Uh, Will was really kind of taking the full brunt of saying goodbye to the Glee Club and and crossing everything and he seemed pretty much done like he was kind of giving up i guess and uh it ended with holly holiday getting everybody to put together a video for his child his unborn child to say goodbye uh and then followed that up with sue sylvester actually saying that she had gotten him a a, a an audition an interview to be the new choir director for vocal adrenaline that's not a horrible way, I think, to say goodbye to Will, actually, like to to have the show go to New York and know that Will maybe is going off to lead vocal to adrenaline and staying in the Glee Club and and quite frankly, not being a teacher anymore, because as we all know, that was never really his calling. Um, I thought that was an interesting way to say goodbye to Will. Ed, what did you think of that? Well, I felt like he was his when he was like done with it. I felt like he, he was really real. Like that was like. Uh, not Will Schuster being like done with it. It was Matthew Morrison being done with it. He's like all these feelings that Matthew Morrison has about like has I believe already given up on the Glee Club around the middle of season three. So <laughs> oh, like, Matthew it, Morrison as opposed to Will Schuster. Yeah, Matthew Morrison has already given up. So now I think... he finally after like he's like all these years of preparation, I can finally show my true quote unquote disappointment for the end of Glee Club. I mean, Matthew Morrison was kind of sold a bill of goods when he took the show. I mean, when when Glee was first starting out, you know, going to Q&As, watch the first five episodes. Like, Will Schuster is as big a character for the first half of the first season as everybody else on Glee. It's true. Now he, you know, for the last two or three years, he has barely showed up. And when he has showed up, it has not been charming. So, yeah, I think Matthew Morrison kind of got the shaft. I can't say it's entirely not his fault considering he turned out to be kind of smarmy in his portrayal of will and uh, it was always kind of hard to find the right balance for will being a complicated person with challenges as well as a perfect teacher all the time that always had the right thing to say um but uh but yeah i i actually feel a little bad for how the show turned out for matthew morrison well you know you know who was right all along uh <laughs> Terry, when she was Terry. like, "Go become an account, go become an accountant. Your life would be better." And she was right. Kendra, Kendra and Terry, they were right all along. They were right all along. <laughs> we were just too blind to see it at the time. We're like, "No, Will should follow his dreams." 
No, he should not. But he should. I mean, he had to stick around. Uh, he had to sh- stick around McKinley High long enough to marry Emma because now he's got, you know, the woman of his dreams and a baby. I mean, his personal life is kind of in bloom right now. He's he's doing pretty well from okay. a non-career perspective. Will you will you fan fiction with me for a moment? <laughs> Let, uh, um, shall we begin? Uh, we will call it Total Eclipse of Will Schuster's Heart. Go. <laughs> what... If Finn Hudson's character was still here, yes, we didn't like when we didn't know that Glee was moving to New York till after season five had started. Correct? We didn't know for sure. For sure, um, we speculated. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, what? Like, would this be happening? I so we can get it. So yeah, I was actually going to save that conversation for later, but yeah, let's totally get into that. I the. I, I really threw some tears down at the end of this episode when they did Don't Stop Believing because to me, that was really symbolic of what the show is going to be versus what it was intended to be. My hypothesis, and I have nothing to back this up other than, so you know, there was that speech a couple years or back in the uh, Finn Farewell episode where Rachel was describing how um, she'd always dream that she would go to New York, become a big star. She and Finn would have an on again, off again. They'd finally split up for good. And then she would realize her home was back in Lima, go back, find him where he was a teacher. And they would, he would know right away. She tells a story that they'd look at each other. They'd know without saying, and they'd be together for the rest of their lives. And I, Someone around that time had said that was actually the original intention for the show. So that what we would be seeing right now would be a continuing of the dual stories between Lima and New York. However, it would be more about Finn's story in Lima versus Rachel's story in New York. And then the show ending with them coming together. Um to me, I like that's the Glee I would want to watch. Like that's that's Glee for Josh. I know that I'm the last Finchel in the world. Bite me, but to me, you that's the Glee I want to see. Sure, I'm sure there's a lot of Finchels. Oh, of course. Yeah. But don't, that's don't. that's. That's Glee for Josh. And so I would love to have seen that story play out. And watching the Don't Stop Believing without Finn, to me, was like really just a full realization that Finn is gone. Corey Monteith is never coming back. And that the show will forever be something that, quite frankly, was not intended. That's how I felt about it. Ed? I mean, you're right. It's like. I felt like they almost had a plan and then they had to come up with a new plan. So as as much as I ragged on them with their haphazard storylines and shoehorning of the 2.0s, I mean they were kind of dealt a hand and they just had to they just had to pl- play it. Like Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. You go, yeah, I mean you they had do, to restructure you go do so There's... much with like four sheep in Catan. Like you can't <laughs> you can't like I mean, but it's true. They had to restructure because once Finn was gone, there was no reason to stay in Lima. Like Lima does not function without with just the 2.0s and and Matthew Morrison. Like it doesn't happen with some version of like, you know, Jenna Ushkowitz stays behind and, and, you know, we Blaine stays behind for a little while, but Finn is going to be in Lima forever. Like we have this kind of base in Lima. Then the show can maintain a Lima, 
a, a, a lime aside. But without Finn, I mean, yeah, there's nothing there. There's nothing. And so I, I, abs- I don't think the show has any other options but to go to New York full time. Uh, and take who it can, you know, and take who it can get to come with. They could, they could have taken more. They could have taken more. They didn't have to. There's no reason Tina couldn't be there, and there's no reason Mercedes couldn't be there. Yeah. These, I mean, not not fiction. It could have, it could have <laughs> happened. There's no reason Mike Chang can't be, but he's not going to be. I mean, he'll be there, but he's he's having like come in and park and dance. <laughs> park and, and bark. Yeah, he's the park and dance. It's true. I mean, the 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 thing about the, this show is they've proven they can find an excuse to bring anybody in, and that's cool. I mean, I I do think a lot of people in the chat line chat room keep saying like, yeah, Jane Lynch said that she will be coming back. Of course, she'll be coming back. There's no reason for her to not come back. I don't think we're ever going to see like you know Sue Sylvester on a regular basis again. I don't think we're going to see. I mean, there's, any no the need, there's no need. There's no need in New yeah. York unless. There's something I don't know. But I look forward to the episodes where Jane Lynch, uh, you know, shows up in New York and throws down some jokes and, and, you know, to see Sue Sylvester in a New York atmosphere surrounded by that energy. I think that's great television. I'd love to watch that for an episode or two. Well, Sue Sylvester only got possibly not as good is because, like, she was always the antagonist. But at the beginning when she was the sometimes antagonist, it was she was. That was the it was perfect. Like yeah. we were getting like that's when people fell in love with these characters when they have like little spurts of amazingness and then yeah so, totally so so I so I hope I hope when we see when if we see characters from Ohio in the New York setting that it's like OMG amazing because there's no reason for the writers to hold back because. There's no, there's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason they need, they need to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, just do there, it. Well, and there's, there's no reason to hedge your bets anymore. Like, we know that the sky's the limit in New York. You always kind of had to hedge your bets a little bit in McKinley, but in New York, like, you can kind of, they can kind of do whatever they want. So hopefully, that does bring new life to the world and new life. What to is, the, what is the chances that Megan Hilty, Catherine McPhee, or Jennifer Hudson will be a guest star next season? Uh, I would happily. I would have Megan Hilty on this show on a regular basis. I would give it. Well, I mean, just a guest star. Like, I'm saying, I feel like one of the three of them will at <laughs> least has a 40% chance to be I guest star in season six. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure all three of them are on the phone with their agents right now saying, get me a guest spot on Glee. I don't, I think it's pretty much guaranteed. I don't know where Catherine Miffy's based out of, but I know that the other she two could, are based out of New She's available. She's, she's not busy. Like all, <laughs> you all can only break up so do. many marriages. That shit takes time. Like you gotta like, keep Before Smash, all I saw Catherine McPhee was ever, she was just on the cover of magazines. I'm like, yeah. Film a, you can film the cover of a magazine anywhere. Just, she hasn't really done much since either. She was going to put out that record with, I don't remember his name, but uh, David I don't know Foster. Ever, yeah, David Foster. But I don't know that it ever happened. It uh, might have happened, but it didn't chart significantly, which also doesn't surprise me. There you go. Uh, let's uh, let's take listen to a song. Uh, here's a bit of yeah. Here's a bit of BOK uh, performed by Leah Michelle and Naira Vera here on the Gleeful Podcast. Is this Ingrid Michaelson? I believe so. Let me. I was actually going to ask you. So here, I'll look it up. Here and now. Here and now. Dress, favorite part, 
This is entitled, or this band is called Oh Honey. They have an EP and they have no Wikipedia page. That oh, that's the best. That's all we know about them. Yeah, they're going for a new, uh, trying to break somebody new. This was, uh, okay, so let's talk a little about, uh, uh, we had the finale, the infinitum, the end of uh, of of the Rachel Santana, Santana battle over Funny Girl. Um, and it kind of came down to Brittany. Brittany, who continuing her pursuit of Santana, uh, kind of convinced Santana, said, I want to be with you and I want you to go on a vacation with me. And I think you should leave that show not because uh, you would be giving in to Rachel, you'd be losing, you'd be leaving it because you realize it's never what you wanted to do anyway. And Santana Green going ahead and uh, and stepping down from the show so that she can go on a vacation with Brittany. Um, it was very it was kind of bittersweet for me it's not it, it, it was actually felt like a nice culmination to the storyline it felt like a lot like almost too late like this far in kind of the the issue i think the issue i realized i had with the rachel santana battle was that it wasn't developing they introduced the battle and then episode to episode, it would continue, but it wasn't really changing at all. Like yeah, they, the, just, they just kept regurgitating the battle. Exactly. They just kept yelling about the same thing. You know, the last episode where Santana just gets up and says, you're horrible. And she says, I'm not horrible. And it's like, oh, you already said that. Um, but this was kind of a, a, at least an addressing of what it was. And uh, so on that note, I thought it came at the right time and I thought it was reasonably well done. Uh, and it's interesting to see Santana has con- supposedly convinced Brittany to come to New York. So it was, uh, I, I don't know, Ed, where did you fall on the, uh, San- the culmination of the Liam or of the Rachel Santana battle? I do believe it was a satisfying conclusion, but I was like, is this a re-? and I do, I did like it. It's just like, really, this is what we were waiting for. Like yeah. all this fighting, all this drama, all this for, this not that i hated it but it's like i don't know it just made the fight seem even faker than it already was like it it's was like, wow. pretty pithy when it all came down <laughs> like wow that's fantastic i'm glad <laughs> you're friends again you know, and you make a good point that like at the end of the day neither of them really did anything they couldn't take back like it a much more interesting battle and a much more interesting you know finale to it would be after like Santana actively did something to hurt Rachel's long-term career or Rachel like you know started maybe in the press she said Santana's gay or something like this something that they couldn't take back so even after they decide okay we're not going to fight anymore you know there's stuff that they can't undo that would have made it much more interesting I think yeah, but they're just, they wanted to, I feel like the show is trying so hard for when we arrive in New York, New New York, that it's, it's, they just want a clean slate yeah. so bad. That's true. So That's exactly bad. right. And so they're like, we are building up to this clean slate and then we are going to deliver on it. <laughs> now, how did you feel about Santana and Brittany kind of culminating their relationship and then deciding to uh, move that relationship to New York? Good. I mean, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy that they're, that they're doing it. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, Brittany, this whole MIT storyline, although ridiculous, 
is funny and at least as outrageous as it seems, which it is, it's just like it's like Brittany is outrageous. So of course this would happen. Like to her. <laughs> like, yeah. It, 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 they are definitely are they I feel like they're treating Britney well like as absurd as this plot line is it's fitting it still it doesn't feel out of place and that aspect yeah it, it feels it like, like it feels character like possible yeah which is which, which I was trying to get at but I don't know if I expressed it properly and then uh this will definitely create some complica- complications for Dantana once we finally get or do you think we're well, never I, going to see it mentioned again I think unfortunately I feel like Danny is gone. Yeah, I, th- I have so, a hunch. So, but not not as unfortunately. We probably won't have to hear the words Pamela Lansbury as much. I would. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm like not as unfortunately. <laughs> it, it's interesting. I mean, the the whole thing. You're you're absolutely right. Like the the show really aggressively was saying that in this episode we are going to button up Lima, Ohio in a relatively neat little bow and we are going to put it in the past and kind of reboot. It feels very much like they want to reboot from scratch with a certain number of familiar characters but in such a new setting that it's, you know, that in some way we're not going to, we're going to feel like it's a new show. Like they can really start generating new characters. It's kind of like Jennifer and I rewatched Veronica Mars for the Veronica Mars movie to come out. And halfway through season three, they got canceled and they had to rush through solving a mystery that was supposed to take them all season. And then they got brought back on the new CW. If you guys remember when that happened and uh, when they came back, it's kind of like the show started over like lesser characters were now main characters and vice versa. I mean, Veronica Mars was still the main aspect but the whole structure of the show was different there were like um there wasn't an overarching uh mystery to solve like there was before and uh other characters you know just kind of like their appearance would change and their friends changed and they really kind of rebooted it i'm starting to feel like that's what we're in for uh which i don't know i don't know what do you think ed like good bad disrespectful i don't know any idea uh What's so there's something funny you said in there. I've heard from a few people that they lo- they dislike overarching storylines, which baffles me. I'm like they they like these people that I talk to about TV shows. They like that payoff of that of whatever the mystery or whatever the problem is mm-hmm. in that episode. But I'm like that no, everything so only better. lasts one episode is what you mean. Yeah, like I like it so much better when like I'm not watching Growing Pains anymore. I'm more developed as a viewer. Like I <laughs> I want these. To, which was a decent show, but um, I want these storylines to like last episodes, and I want I want sati- I want them to build up and have satisfying conclusions. So I'm afraid of, uh, hearing what you're saying because I feel like maybe that's kind of been the issue, the biggest issue with season three, four, and up to now with five is that they introduce problems and they solve the problems in almost in the same episode, or they keep problems they keep problems along that that in an unsatisfying way for a unsatisfying conclusion. And it's like, well, that isn't the problem I would like to see dragged out. Yeah. So, so like the catfish storyline, they tried so hard. Yeah. So hard. And then like those Rachel, Rachel Santana fight. It's like, I just want problems that I care about that are overarching. And, and I want small payoffs along the way that make it ultimately more satisfying preferably with a resolution 
that is in song form. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I hope that they see this as a new lot in life. I feel like it could be a new lot for the show, a new opportunity for but, the but show has, to find a this, new pace is and a new style. Already, is it already tainted? Like, like let's say, like, hypothetically, this is hypothetical, of course. Okay. If the rest of season five is, we're like, this is, like, you're, you are saying, not me, you are saying the end of season five is the new season one. You are saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not saying that. I'm saying they have the opportunity. No, no, no. But I'm saying no. Let's say they do. You, it, they make it so good that you are saying that. Okay. All right. Can, all right. All right. That is. Does it matter? Can <laughs> can they like? They're, it's like tainted almost. I'm afraid it's getting this smash to taint, and it can't recover. Like hmm. there's nothing that it's nothing that it can do. I mean, I don't know if tainted is the right word. I know what you're going for. I. The challenge is, yes, there's a lot of baggage. We're bringing in a lot of baggage, and some of that is good and some of that is bad. Um, it's hard for them to totally reboot the show because we are bringing in all of this baggage. On the other hand, it allows them not to have to redo a lot of the silly foundational stuff that shows have to do at the beginning where there's just kind of introducing you to characters, giving people backstories, introducing everybody's parents because, you know, that's what you have to do when you first start out. So I think it's two-sided. Uh, they have an opportunity to really start something up. I mean, somebody in the chat room had mentioned like when One Tree Hill or also um, uh, Desperate Housewives did that where they fast forwarded five years between they seasons. Yeah. Uh, personally, that's when I stop watching. Like I, I, I'll stick through Glee because we know when it's going to end. But like that's when I stopped watching Desperate Housewives uh, altogether. And it, there was some other show that did that, and I just literally never watch another episode. To me, that I feel that that's disrespectful to kind of be able to start over with all of these new complications. On the other hand. Uh, I think that like there is a way to do that. I mean, you're right. We're going to New York. Everybody's lives are going to be night and day uh, other than the, the four characters that are already there. But even their lives are going to be kind of upended because it's easy enough to loop them into the new stuff. You know, it's easy enough to loop like Kurt's life is going to be totally different because Blaine is there and Rachel's life is about to be different because she's going to be opening a show. Like there's a way that starting next week, everybody's lives are so dramatically different that we're allowed to have all the fun parts of new things without having to slog through like, and these are my gay parents and I'm in a wheelchair and we can really go on in brave new directions with the storylines. That said, what Glee has done in the past is they usually do exactly the opposite. And they just, they, you know, they bring up the 2.0s. Hey, a whole bunch of new blood, a whole opportunity for new stories. And then they proceed to tell all the same stories again. That's what I don't want to see happen. So I think they have an opportunity, but it, we shall see if they actually capitalize on it. That's yes. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's my I hope. I, I hope. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, was, I, I, I don't know. I hope that whatever they do in this season is fresh because it, it needs it. It can be, and it should be, and it hopefully will be. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, I mean, I think like they've set themselves up to start over, and I hope that they that they manage it. And and uh, now, now we can now we can actually get into like actual like. I don't want to say school, not school drama, but 
Like, we could actually care about Niata, like, in some capacity, other than just mentioning it every time, like, yeah. oh, uh, like, what are your list of things to do? Oh, I'm in Niata, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm working <laughs> on, like, 20,000 other things. Like, okay, well, now we can actually deal with that. I, I mean, that's actually a really good point. We are going to have multiple characters in Niata now, so there will be more excuses to have characters there. I mean, when you know we had to invent birth boyfriends for Kurt just so to have an excuse to put a person in Niata. You know, you can't have someone there by themselves. Um, I, I think that could be interesting. You know, and and you're. A lot of it, I think, is going to end up being they're just going to have more time. They'll have more time so they'll be able to stay with things longer and develop stories longer as opposed to having to cut back to Ohio to be able to, you know, to, to fill the uh, the other half of the agreement or the other half of the story. Um, you know, we shall see. Uh, I look forward to it either way. Uh, let's listen to some voicemails. We got a couple. Uh, let's start with this one. Hey y'all, Joey Z, United Size 6 here. Um, it's been a little while. Joey's anyway, baby. I was calling away yeah. in on Glee's 100th. Um, I really enjoyed the episode for the most part. Um, I thought it was really cute. I love Quinn and Puck because obviously they're such an original couple and seeing both of them on screen together again was fantastic. Um, I loved Britanna. I thought it was a little bit ridiculous that Santana, you know, resigned from being the understudy like over text. Like, why would you do that? But I have to say, I was, it was so fantastic. And I just love that number. And it was so much fun. And it was, like, so much more high energy than Happy was last week. And that was, like, they were dancing all around for that. And that was, yeah. Anyway, I just really liked it. Um, and Don't Stop Believing was really good. It was one of the ones I was really worried about them redoing without Corey there. Um, and it was a little bit emotional when, you know, when when uh, he wasn't there singing it with them. But, it was really good, and it was nice to see it all wrapped up like that. Um, I also have to say that the video message to Mr. She was really, really sweet. I didn't necessarily agree with everything said in it, because Tina technically lost her stutter because already told her it was dumb, and Kurt, you know, was not saved by Mr. Shu. Let's face <laughs> it, he transferred to Dalton and saved his own tail. So that was a little ridiculous, but it was very sweet, and I will admit that I cried. It's going to be very sad to see Lima go, but... I'm so psyched for Ohio. Um, I can't wait to see what you guys say. Bye. And one more. Here is from California. Hi, this is Jessica in California, and I just had three quick things to say about the episode. One is I was kind of, you know, not really, like, knowing how I'd feel about them singing Don't Stop Believing again, but boy, was I wrong. I loved it. It was kind of crazy, you know, like, oh, my God. Finn is not going to be in this number. Like, it just hit me, and I started bawling. And then Rachel came out singing Finn's part, and I was just like, I was a mess. I had cried baby itis. And then, you know, Kurt was singing, like, Rachel's part, and then she was singing with them. It was like, oh. And then then number two, the other big thing for me was Santana finally, she, like, gave up the role like she should have, realizing it wasn't her dream. Because if she wouldn't have given it up, I would have, like, given up on her, like, as a character, because I totally agree with what you guys are saying, because it was just, like, annoying, like, that's not your dream, it's Rachel's, like, whatever. Okay, and then three is I really like the duet between Quinn and Puck, like, it was, I love that song, and their voices are really sweet and, like, simple, and it worked perfectly, and they, like, really fit the lyrics to, like, their story, it was great. Those are the three things I loved. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) 
Thank you. And I want to send a shout out to listener Sonia, who has left voicemails the last couple of weeks. I, um, this one, it was all broken up and I couldn't really understand it. And it was a little long, uh, just as a FYI. So listener Sonia, definitely call back next week. If you have a landline, maybe try one of those. And, uh, uh, uh which the, makes me, feel, yes, makes me sound like such an old man when I said that. What's that? And, oh, do, you, uh, do, you want, do you want her to fax herself yeah, over to? Exactly. Like, <laughs> wait, on your rotary, you want to, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, I, and, and maybe yeah. shorten it up a little just for Josh. Uh, yeah. It's, well, we have landlines at work. That's the only way I'd know yeah, I, I'd have to like, go to like, work. Like, I do have landlines at work. I do, but it's like, lol it's like no <laughs> but uh i think that's all i have for the episode ed do you have anything else i am excited for new york next week and i hope i wish them luck i wish them a lot of luck i i do i wish them a lot of luck and you know like hey uh, we didn't talk. Actually, we didn't talk too much about Will's storyline. The one thing I do want to say about Will's storyline before we go is, um, unfortunately, it fell flat for me because what we've seen of Will recently has not been the Will of earlier seasons. So, like first season Will, if we'd had this big goodbye the way that they had in this episode to first season Will, that would have been so fitting and beautiful. But this season, Will, the only time we've seen him, it's been like dealing with himself. It's been like trying to get his wife pregnant and, you know, talking to other people about trying to get them to be part of the Glee Club. Like he hasn't really fought for the Glee Club and he hasn't really made any sacrifices for New Directions. Uh, and so the I, I thought that was the way New Directions should end is that New Directions was Will Schuster's brainchild. It was born of Will Schuster. The death of New Directions is really kind of, you know, the the most effect it's going to have in the day-to-day life of a person is going to be the day-to-day life of Will Schuster. Um, but, you know, it, as, as well-intentioned as that goodbye was, it was definitely too late. I think it was not, they were not saying goodbye to the will that had fought the way, you know, first or second season will had, what do you think about that? Ed, how did you feel about the, the, the video and all that? Your, your reason I was like, it was sweet and stuff, but the reason I didn't even feel like the super need to bring it up was because it didn't feel deserved. So it's, and then that you said it, you explained it exactly correctly. Like it isn't, this like the will we've been seeing for a, quite some time now is the will who is mismanaging and a little eccentric all over the place and with frankly without direction yeah <laughs> so will needs a new direction <laughs> yes he, he needs to uh hit a 5 hour energy and get some vocal adrenaline that's what he needs <laughs> Maybe he needs it's to get true. punched so that he can have a throat explosion. explosion. No? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes, all of those. All of those. That would be pretty And funny. more. <laughs> well. I, 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 hope, I hope on his new path he doesn't warble. Hey, hey. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, uh, if he turns up his headphones too loud, he'll have some aural intensity. What? 
Uh, if you'd True. like to weigh in on anything we said tonight or send hate mail for our puns, uh, you can do so at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at gleefulpodcast, I'm at Josh Rennell. He's at Edward Giordano. She would be at Jenny B. Creative. Were she here, everyone, whatever you're doing right now, be it listening live, listening tomorrow, listening in three years, because I may still have these up. Uh, when Glee, the next generation is on, uh, but that'll only be in a round. Uh, you should email Jennifer at uh, Jenny B. Creative on the Facebooks and the Twitters, and you should ask to see her painting because I think that would be adorable. And uh, she's actually incredibly talented. Uh, so, uh, and of course, you can find us on Facebook. Just uh, search for Gleeful Podcast where you can talk to the fans, Edward. Yes. <laughs> Anything exciting going on over there you want to say before we go? Um, well, now that I've lost Majesty Rose, <laughs> I am I am fully invested in Team Gina Irina. Okay. Fully invested. We've know. never in the United States we've never had a wild card winner, and I think if this is the last season of American Idol, we should finally get our wild card winner. They got picked like, up I for know. next year, so they're at least coming back once. One. Although they did, they get officially picked up. Yeah, right. they got officially picked up. I, I need, I need to audition. If I'm gonna do it, I need to just do it because, like, I've been you're, waiting you're and waiting. You're still not too old year. to audition for American Idol. What? You're still not too old to make uh, audition no, for American Idol. No, I'm still young, Josh. Oh Thank you. Well, I, 20, I mean, I've been too old for a very long time. 28 is so, the upper limit. I still oh, have a couple of years. Oh, okay. Well, then, of course, you have a couple of years. Like, calm down. Of course I think I'm, I'm too old. old to audition for X Factor, dude. Like, oh, it's not that I could, because there's no X Factor. <laughs> there's no X Factor, but there is the voice, but that shows uh, as a farce. <laughs> um, I kind of want, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be voting for Christina Grimey when voting around start for the voice, just to be somewhat of a troll. Hmm. Interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, if she's gonna win, I want her to win. <laughs> All right. Well, for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Ed. Have a nice night. And we'll and talk to everybody. Yeah. Next oh week. no, I have. I have a, if someone wants to download World, uh, what is it called? Hold on. Don't don't close out on me yet. <laughs> okay. I, I have to. I okay, it's called Curling 3D. It's on Droid and iPhone Marketplace. <laughs> and you could add. You could add me, Edward Giordano. And we could play curling, and but just be aware, I have stolen three points against the hammer. So be be aware. You were just talking a different language to me. Good night, everyone. I have an important question for you, Josh. The, the question that's on everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. Did you beat 2048? No. What? I tried, Come on. though. I tried more than I'd like to admit. I tr- Okay, I, I'm, still, I'm still fighting for the 8,196. I'm still fighting for it. I've gotten 4,000 a couple times, but I've not gotten 8,000. <laughs>